You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled as we are talking with an agency owner, which is very exciting. So not only is Mike the president, but he's also the CEO of creative agency Zula Alpha Kylo. Zula has been named Ad Age's International Small Agency of the Year and has also made Forbes list of the best 25 small companies. With 130 Zooligans, Zulu has built an international reputation as an industry outlier and one of the most respected independent agencies in the world. Mike, thank you for being here. Darian, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for this. I'm, I'm excited to chat with you today. So I love starting off hearing people's origin stories because everyone has a great one. You know, whether you're Iron Man or Spider-Man or whoever, your role and your career journey to, to the role you play now as CEO, how did you get to where you are? Especially for listeners that are saying, man, I want to be there one day and have 130 staff. Well, I'm delighted you asked that question because it's not a straight path, actually. And, you know, when I finished my undergrad and I went on to do a master's degree in business and IT, my vision at the time was that I was going to go and work in the consulting world. And so I moved back to Canada, moved to Toronto from Niagara, where I grew up, and was ready to take on the world. And so I was, you know, waiting tables at a restaurant while I was going to find that amazing gig in the, for one of the big consulting firms. And there was crickets. So I, no one, I didn't get any interviews really for about six months. And it was a very tough time actually trying to find my way. And so I speak very openly about that when I talk to people, especially young people starting their career, because I think we all have this belief that we're going to graduate and it's like, okay, everybody's going to come knocking. And my path wasn't that way. It was very difficult for me because I didn't have like connections and I didn't know people So when I moved to Toronto, I actually was waiting tables and I happened to meet someone who wanted to talk to me. And so I I went in, I had a conversation with this. You're waiting the table, pause for a second. You're waiting a table. Like you're you're saying, would you like fries? Would you like dessert? <laughs> and and, there, and and then the conversation started? How, how did that happen? Because that's fascinating. Well, I mean, look, if I can tell the whole story because it's a very good one. Like, so, I mean, by this time, I actually was starting to get some interest from the consulting firms. Yeah. And I had, I did get a couple of job offers, but I was still waiting tables while I was deciding what I was going to do. And I met a woman and a table of about 10 people who were out celebrating a birthday. Yeah. And I just said, Hey, so, you know, what are you all doing here? What are you celebrating? It's like, Oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. We work for this digital advertising company. Here's what we do. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I just finished my master's degree in business and information technology. And so I'm about to go into the consulting world. And so, you know, the woman I was speaking to was the CEO at the time. And she said, basically, you know, how in the hell are you going to go into the consulting world when you don't have any experience? And so, like, I didn't have an answer for her. I, I, no. I, was, I was like stunned. And I said, like, I don't know. And she said, well, look, at before you sign an offer from the consulting firm, come and sit and talk to us. And I went in on that. That was on a Friday. I went in on the Monday. I met with a small team of about 10 or 12 people at the company at the time. And they made me an offer. And it was for a significantly less money than what I would yeah. have been making at the consulting firm. And so I just said, you know what? I don't know much about this world of advertising and creativity, but it sounds way more interesting to me. And so I yeah. took the I took the leap and, wow. uh, and and the rest is history. And so I was part of that small company for about six years. And then I moved Wait, on to another. Is, yeah. That's an amazing story. Like those that are, okay, I, I just had someone reach out who, who's graduating from this amazing UBC solder, doesn't know how to find a job right now because they're a generalist, mm-hmm. but, but hey, get a job as a waiter and look what could happen. Like that's so inspiring. Yeah. And I think that's inspiring maybe for young people who are trying to find their way into an industry that they're trying to get into. But I think for, um, for, for people who are in positions where they can open doors for people, I think for your listeners who are hearing that, like, man, you can really have an impact by, you know, just returning someone's call. And I remember how depressing it was for literally six months. I was living in my parents' basement yeah. and, uh, and no one was returning my calls. And at, th- at that time, I was sending out cover letters and all that kind of stuff. And so it was tough. And so for other people who are listening, return those calls, even if it's just for like a minute or sending a quick email back, it doesn't take time, but it can really make a difference in somebody who's trying to start their career. 
So at Zulu, like I, I remember when I was a kid, I, I had this long walk home and thinking, man, if I ever have a car one day, I'm going to pick people up on the way. So if you made it like a policy at Zulu, if anyone applies, you're at least going to get some sort of, sorry, you didn't make it, at least some sort of response. Is that like baked into your HR policies now? Well, I mean, we do a couple things. We have a specific email address for people who uh, can email us and we and there's a sort of an automated response that's fun yep. and friendly. Yeah. And then, yeah, we do our best to get back to everybody. And so, I mean, for me on a personal level, it's more a thing, a commitment that I've made is to try and get back to people. And even if it is just, hey, thanks for reaching out. I'm going to connect you with our head, our, yeah. you know, our head of HR or whatever. Just trying to do that. And just because I remember how difficult it was for me. Do you currently, if yeah, I know you maybe haven't been eating out lately, but when you do, do you look at wait staff differently because of your oh, experience? Wow. You know what? It, I mean, in terms of, hey, this person might be looking for a different career, I guess maybe a little bit, but more so. So yeah, I was a server for many years, um, you know, in my when I was a teenager in my early 20s. And so th- these are important jobs, right? And I think yeah. that, so yeah, I really do value like a bartender, a server, and the positive impact that they can have on somebody's day. And so yeah, I think those are really, are really important jobs. And I think all of us should really appreciate what these people do for a living because you're right. Most of them have other side hustles and things that they're doing on that, you know, they might be, there's a lot of actors and artists and things that serve and wait tables, bartend so that they can pursue other passions and stuff like that. So I think you're bang on on that, Darian. So you're working at this agency six years in and then where'd you go from there? What was the, what was the move after that? Yeah. So, you know what, I, I spent six years at that first agency. You're right. And then I moved to another, another agency, a creative director that I had worked with had moved to an, another agency. So that first agency was a very digitally focused shop. Yeah. And, um, and so I, you know, I'd learned a ton. I got to, to be part of, a, of seeing some great growth in that company in the yeah. years that I was there. And then I wanted to uh, broaden my own skill set and go to, I guess a more traditional agency at the time that was doing more brand strategy, more above yep. the line broadcast and other media. And so I, I took the leap and went to another agency. Uh, they were very keen on my digital background to help yep. them grow that part of their business and support their clients. And so I went to uh, another agency that was an independent agency at the time. They've since uh, been acquired, but they're called Grip Limited. And so I was at Grip for five years and worked on some great brands, you know, Honda and Acura and Budweiser and Bud Light and cool. uh, Stella Artois, Expedia, Johnson & Johnson, some other great wow. uh, great brands. And so I spent five years there and worked with some really, really smart people. And, you know, that was a, a really important part of my journey. And that led me to Zulu in 2010. And so, yeah, here we are now. It's, yeah, 11, 11 plus years. It's amazing. And, and for those that have not heard of Zulu or have worked with Zulu or been serviced by Zulu or realize that they've seen an ad created by Zulu. Tell me about who Zulu is. Yeah, so Zulu. And so as I, as I start to talk about Zulu, my 80-pound Weimar runner walks behind me and starts yep. slurping out of his uh, dog. Perfect. Also, listeners, uh, apologies for Winston's thirstiness at the moment. So Zulu is uh, yeah, founded in 2008 by a creative guy. So my, my business partner is named Zach Murray. Zach founded the agency after being at another great agency called Taxi. He's the chief creative officer there and had an entrepreneurial itch. And he started Zulu in 2008. And the founding belief of the company is that the world needs more creativity. And so this belief that creativity can solve the most complex business problems, that creativity when harnessed properly can solve social problems and wanting to create an environment and a culture where brave ideas and creativity thrives. And so that was really many of the founding beliefs of Zulu. So we're you know, a collection of writers and art directors, designers, strategists, technologists, developers, editors, you know, all these different skill sets together, all working together to do amazing things for our clients. Yeah, so we're a creative company. We, yeah, about 135 people now. As you mentioned, we call ourselves Zooligans where there's a bit of like an entrepreneurial sort of disturber sort of culture in the, in our company. We're kind of nonconformists in many ways because part of our DNA is that we're striving to make the industry better. And so, I mean, you and I, Darren, have talked a lot about our spec work video and that's just just one example of some of the things. And we're really a belief-driven company. And when you have strong beliefs, sometimes that can limit your growth in some ways. But, you know, we're very much a belief-driven company. And so, I mean, I guess the other thing to say about Zulu 
in terms of some of our main clients. So we work with like sort of large sort of national or international clients like Bell, Campbell, Cineplex, Harry Rosen, Interact, Participaction, Subaru, Whirlpool. And then we work with sort of smaller, sort of more local or craft brands that are growing like, you know, Continent Skincare, or we just started working with Waterloo Brewing. We work with NMAX, energy utility company based in Calgary, and several others that actually we've just started with that, you know, we'll be releasing some work for in the coming months. It's amazing. So, Mike, those that are listening that we hear about it, we, we've watched Mad Men, we've seen the work like on Market News Canada or, you know, Message or Strategy Magazine, all these winning, award-winning activations. Where do those come from? What's the technical term for that? You shower thoughts? Because yeah. it also can sound bad, shower thoughts. I've used it, I used it in a meeting one time and someone's like, that sounds sexual. But I was like, no, it's like yeah. when the inspiration hits you when you're in the shower. Yeah, or when your brain switched off, right? I think yeah. that, you know, so much so like I, what I've tried to do since the start of the pandemic, you know, uh, and obviously we're all working from home, but I've, when I've been getting out for walks during the day, like so much of that time when your brain is kind of resting, but it's actually active and you're solving like complex problems in the background. Yeah. So I think that's what the whole shower thing is about when your brain isn't sort of hyper-focused on something like that. That's when often your creativity can go to work and you're, yeah. you can solve things or come up with ideas. And so, I mean, for us in terms of how do, how do the ideas happen? Like, I mean, I think we have a process that we follow and it's a proven process that works for us in terms of how we organize ourselves around a client, how we write briefs to solve a, a business problem or solve a problem creatively. But the truth is, is that sometimes ideas come out of complete nowhere, so there's a million different ways that it happens. And it, even though we have this process, it's different every time. And so the important thing is really all about setting the conditions for all of that to happen. So that's how I think about my job is I think about my job as setting the conditions for creativity to, th yeah. to thrive. You're so that, setting the table. Setting for, the for, table, yeah. yeah. So the culture in the company, yeah. setting the expectations and the shared yeah. ambitions, getting the right people in place. And having the right environment so that people can really focus on doing amazing things for our clients. And so, I mean, that's how I think about my job as president and CEO at Zulu is really, it's not about me. It's how do I, um, again, like you're saying, set the table for other people to do their best work. Yeah. And remote people working from home, is there the plan to go back to a physical space? Does, does Zooligans have a home headquarters? Yeah, somewhere so, like the Avengers. Do you have an Avengers yeah. <laughs> headquarters? Yeah, it's a castle. It's it's, it's underground. No. Yeah, perfect. So so yeah. So we. I mean, in terms of what the future holds for us, it's like yeah. I do think that there's definitely still a physical workspace. I mean, what we're hearing from our staff, our Zooligans, is that there's definitely this hybrid future for all yeah. of us, right? Yeah. The amazing thing that's happened over the last eighteen months is that we've all proven that amazing things can happen when we're not yeah. together physically. Yeah. And so we've done some of our best work in our history over yeah. the past year and a bit while we've not been together. And so, I mean, that is amazing that we've shown and proven to ourselves that we can do that. Having said that, certainly the feedback we're hearing from people is that there's still excitement about being together in a room yeah. and the energy that comes with being in a room with other people. And so I had my first in-person meeting last week. Yeah. It was with clients and a couple of my colleagues and I didn't know what to anticipate to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, uh, but I have to tell you it was invigorating. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. Like I've chills right now even just thinking about it. I shook hands with people. I didn't know how that was going to work, but people offered their hand and I shook their hands. It felt so good to be in the room with other people and reading, really reading body language, yeah. really looking somebody in the eyes and seeing yep. their facial expressions and their body language and yeah. the response to it's happening to some degree over, over the screen. But I, I wasn't anticipating this. And I, I've been like on a high for the past yeah. week after this experience that, that I had last cool. week. And so, and I was a bit surprised at how I felt with it. So definitely we're going to have a physical workspace again, but yep. I just think the circumstances are going to be a little bit different and all of us are going to just have a bit more flexibility and we're going to take the best of what working from home brought to our lives in terms of like, you know, seeing a lot more of my kids yeah. and I walked my son to his, you know, soccer camp this morning and Otherwise, I'd be out the door at eight o'clock and I wouldn't have done that. So I think it's going to be a bit of the best of both worlds and I think it's going to be wonderful. 
And maybe those walks to soccer camp, like a route you've never walked or a sign you never saw or a weird fence you've never seen before is that inspiration for that idea that came and totally, will come. Totally. Yeah. I, I think you're bang on. I, I, I really, I really think so. And I mean, so I guess the question would be then, did that happen on my drive into work before in that little 15 minutes or whatever that I had between home and the office? And there was maybe some of that there, but I much prefer, you know, whatever being in flip-flops and walking to soccer practice than being in my car. So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting and it's going to be exciting to figure all of that out and, and improve upon it over time because I don't think we're going to have all the answers when we say, okay, this is the day we're going to start to go back. Yeah. I think this is going to be an ongoing thing that we're going to calibrate and learn from over time. And I think it's a really good thing for the working world. It's awesome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You mentioned already, but I wanted to bring this up. Say no to spec work video. I've seen it shared multiple times in different Slack channels and message groups on LinkedIn. And those that haven't seen it yet, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. But an incredible video using comedic stylings and performance to explain why RFPs and companies and brands need to stop asking agencies for free work. Maybe tell us about the process to, to build that video mm-hmm. and why that video is still needed today, secondly. Yeah, so that happened in 2015. And I guess it would have been three years before that where we just had an experience in a new business pitch that we were part of. And there was speculative creative. For the listeners who don't know what speculative creative is, that's when you know I guess a client's looking for a new agency partner, creative partner, and they say, hey, look, we're going to interview four or five of you agencies, and we want you to come back and show us some creative ideas. And so the agency goes away, spends an awful lot of time coming up with ideas and you know, art directing and designing things to then yeah. go and present to the client, and then the client picks somebody to work with. And so in this particular experience, we just had, well, I guess for us, what was a bad experience and that we came, it came down to us and one other agency we were told that we absolutely nailed the creative part of it. We really made a great connection with the client. We were set up, I think, to do amazing work for this client. And at the end of the day, what happened, they said, look, you guys were amazing. We loved your work. We loved the people. Everything was great. But hey, you guys don't have an office in Quebec. 
So oh. we've chosen this other agency because of that. So that wasn't disclosed at the outset of the process. And so had that been disclosed, we wouldn't have pursued it because we didn't we have a presence in Quebec. And so they made a decision on this technicality. And, you know, we'd spent about $200,000 of our time invested in this process, really going after it. And we lost on this little technicality that only was revealed to us at the very end. And so, you know, credit to Zach, my business partner and our founder, he said, never again, that's it, we're done. We won't ever do it again. And so literally that day, a stake was put in the ground to say we won't participate in new business processes where creative spec work is required. And so we haven't ever since. So, I mean, the one thing I want to, um, I guess, point out that's really important to, you know, our, our stance on that is really the reason that we've done that is in defense of our clients that we're working with already. Because I think what a lot of people don't understand is what happens in an agency when there is a new business process. The attention of the entire agency is taken off of the existing clients to go and chase this new shiny thing. So we just didn't feel like that was fair and so we made a commit. We've made a commitment to our clients to say, "Look, hey, we won't do that." That's amazing. Yeah. Hey, and, and, and those who don't know, like legally or like ethically, can that brand, maybe brand X, get five different types of spec work? Can they use the four other types of spec work of the agencies they did not go with if they went with number five? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Some, uh, so a lot of times, yes, that will be in the agreement at the outset of a new business process where the client will own. Wow. All of the intellectual property <gasps> that you present to them. Wow. And so yeah, it's crazy. And sometimes what they'll what what will happen as part of because you can't go process, and sell it to their competition because you're like, hey, you said no to me, so I'll just sell this to blank company down the well, road. You, I mean, you can't. And usually, what happens is that sometimes as part of these processes, the agency will pay. Hey, we're going to pay you five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars. And really, what that is is that's a payment yeah. for them to own the ideas. And so, yeah, you're right. That's an important part too. I wouldn't say that's the main reason in terms of why our stance is what it is. But you know what, for us, it's just like, I think, so so Zulu, I think is to blame partially for what's happening in Canada and that a lot of of agencies now are starting to push back and say no uh, to these processes. And so we're seeing that a lot in the last, you know, five years. And so that's something that isn't for us isn't going to change anytime soon. And it's become part of our reputation that we, we have these beliefs, we have these values as a company that we hold very true and dear. But those values and beliefs are tested when it costs you money. Right. So when you have to walk away from money, that's when you know if a belief is really a belief or it's like, oh, well, well, this could be really good and a lot of money. So let's not have this belief for this pitch. So for us, it's been, yeah, coming up for 10 years now with that. And yeah, we're proud of it. And it keeps our company focused on solving our existing clients' most complex challenges. And that's why they keep coming back to us. Yeah. And, and those that don't know as well, the video is amazing. And also the ICA has an arm of their organization called Spec Watch, I think is what it's called, or Pitch Watch. And they make sure if there's someone asking for spec work, they, they call them out. And so I think, man, you were a huge instigator to that conversation and that flow. And, and I think a huge inspiration for a lot of agencies across Canada, especially small agencies, where yeah. that could either make or break them as an agency. And so they think this is our chance and they're willing to put it all on the line to the, and then to the 11th hour, they find out they don't get the work. Yeah. And then they see their work being used six months later and, mm-hmm. and they're just sad. So. We don't want sad Canadians. We don't want sad Canadians. Yeah. No. no. Speaking of creativity and just where it comes from, thank you for sharing that. And I love that you have this very amazing process because there's an art and science to it. But when we say the term creativity is a competitive advantage for companies and brands, what does that mean to Zulu and to you? Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, unless you're a brand with endless resources and endless budgets, increasingly... Even if you're a big company these days, you can't just spend your way to success. Yeah. And so it is a competitive advantage for brands that have unconventional thinkers and who are looking at the category that they operate in, whether you're operating in, you know, the automotive category or you're in the consumer packaged goods category or the tech category or the travel category or whatever. And so if you're building your brand and you're doing things differently, you're going to stand out. And so I think that is all about creativity 
and smart strategy, frankly. And so the brands that are doing that these days do have a competitive advantage when they have the, you know, the bravery and the ambition to stand out and do things differently rather than just following the conventions of what all their competitors are doing. And yeah. every, every category has that where it's like everybody in the beauty category, for example, everybody behaves the exact same way, it seems. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us, that's one of the things that we believe that in terms of how creativity can be a, a competitive advantage. I love seeing your work featured and winning awards and, you know, as a Canadian brand going out and competing with so many agencies around the world. It's, it's pretty awesome to see. One thing I want to talk about, it's a big topic now in our industry, diversity and inclusion. I think I, I will admit it wasn't until like, you know, like it was yesterday, you know, I was yesterday years old when I learned and I think I realized that how very white and yeah. male our industry is. I, and I think I didn't, you know, in, in, you know, with the awareness of BLM and then people being aware of the BIPOC involvement and, and engagement, I think I remember just looking around on websites. I always knew like events had this issue of like white dudes were always on stage at events. But then mm-hmm. looking at like, I looked at all the awards around kind of North America. I think it was like 98% of the jury were white males. And it was it was wild, and I didn't realize. Like, and, and then even this one award, our Canadian Marketing Hall of Legends, only every other winner up until this last year were only yeah. ever white. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't realize how white our yeah. industry was. Like, I like it was. I think for me and and me being indigenous, I was like, I should have been more aware of this, and I should have been mm-hmm. more like sensitive to it. And I think it was it's been a journey for me, even personally, just even with the show we've had. Um, those who are indigenous and marketing on the show talking about seeing themselves and not seeing themselves in marketing. But what, what are you doing as Zulu or, or what are you hearing and what are you seeing? Cause you know, you, you have the chance to shift and change, but you know, we're, we're being aware of it, but what mm-hmm. can we do and what can you do as a, as a person? Well, I mean, the first thing, isn't it incredible even just in the past year, how much positive change has happened, right? So all of the things that you're, you just mentioned there in terms yeah. of the diversity of industry panels or who's on stage yeah. and this and yeah. that, like, I'm how hyper aware we all are of that now. Yep. And I will admit, and, and they know that CPRS did an event this last year, like just this last year after everything and their entire stage was white. And yeah. I think it was because they were like, oh, we had already booked the speakers a year before. We didn't realize this was the thing. And it was like, they had already been booked. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm just like, guys, yeah. really? But they're trying, they're trying. So I think it, I mean, it, this is just so good for, I mean, not even like, so the advertising industry, but lots of industries, right? It's not just about the advertising industry. And so the fact that there's, uh, you know, so many of the awareness level and the desire for positive change is so much more there now is, is incredibly exciting and such a good thing for the industry. And I think there was so much in our founding as an agency that was about being an inclusive, diverse company. And so, I mean, the, it means Zulu was founded by, so, you know, Zach is, uh, is Lebanese, he's a person of color. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute, but based on his own personal experience growing up as an immigrant to Canada, I mean, he's launched the scholarship fund, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But, um, you know, for us at the beginning, we had a lot of the makings of it, but I th- truthfully, uh, you know, BLM and specifically the death of George Floyd last summer was a massive turning point and for the industry and a wake up call that, you know, there's so much more that we can do. And so for us, there's an organization in the industry called Polcam. Yeah. So, you know, Polcam. Okay. So they put out this call for equity, right? And so yeah. we were, we were one of the first people to respond right away and said, look, we want to be part of this. We're going to sign up for this. And so what that then led to is a number of things, right? In terms of, okay, so this is a journey, right? So we need to start with educating ourselves. So we didn't, we signed the call for equity, but we didn't come out with massive proclamations and statements, which I think a lot of companies did. And, you know, that's, that's fine for us. It was about, let's really look inward and think about how we can be better starting from the inside before we go out to the world. And so there was diversity and inclusion committee. They put together a number of educational sessions, workshops, training sessions. We had a number of people that we connected to and said, hey, we need your help. And so we brought consultants in from the outside world to come in and help educate our, our staff on everything from, you know, microaggressions, just like defining racism for, yeah. uh, for everyone and having open conversations with like company wide open discussions about some of these things. And at times it was very emotional. 
there were a lot of tears. There was a, but a, a tremendous amount of openness in the company. And so, you know, all of that's been part of our journey. And we made commitments to be very public about our journey, to share what we've learned. And so in December of 2020, we published on our own volition, we published 2020 Diversity and Inclusion Report. And essentially what that was, was publicly reporting our data as a company in terms of where we're at, in terms of whether that be on the gender side of things, whether that be on the gender side of leadership, whether that be on the diversity in terms of people of color in the company, people of color by department, people of color in leadership, and so LGBTQ as well, right? So we published, uh, that was all self-reported survey information from the entire company. We put together this report and said, look, here we are. This is where we're at. Here's the mirror. Um, You put a big mirror up and and then you shared it with the world. We shared it with the world and we said, look, here's what we've learned so far. Here are all the things that we've done. And so we published links to all of our workshops, our education sessions, the people that we worked with. And we said, you know what, like this might help somebody else who's trying to figure this out as well. We don't have all the answers, but there's a commitment from a leadership team, from myself personally, and Zach, our founder, and the rest of the leaders to make this a priority. And I think my observation so far is that this is going to take time. Right. This is this is a long term commitment. This isn't something that we do for a year and stop. And so this is an ongoing thing. I mentioned the 20 door scholarship fund. I'll just talk about that really please, quickly. Please do. Yeah. Um, this is a very personal thing uh, that uh, you know, Zach, our founder, did. And essentially the commitment is to offer scholarships for writing or art direction. There'll be five scholarships a year for four years. And so it'll be funded. And again, like, I mean, this is a personally funded thing by, by Zach. So he was, you know, really, this is something that's really, really important to him personally. And so, uh, so that is out there right now. And so there's a commitment for the next five years to do 20 scholarships and really open 20 doors for people of color who may not have considered a career in this industry before. It's amazing. And does it pay for like a four-year writing degree or is there a creativity degree you can get or what was? Yeah, so a degree to do a copywriting degree or an art direction degree. So yeah, yeah, so there's a number of different institutions that offer these types of programs. And so we're just trying to start at that level and open doors for people. So what we can do is I can also get you the, uh, it's 20doors.ca, but we can get you the link and you can post it. Amazing. That's incredible. And and to the point where you're okay if, if Rethink hires two of those grads when you're, you're happy because you've opened doors for these people. Yeah. And so I think part of the commitment is mentorship, right? Yeah. So it's not just, hey, we're going to pay for your thing. Good luck and let us know how it goes. It's yeah. mentorship from our creative leadership yeah. to coach them and help them along, not just during their educational journey, but beyond that in terms of getting into the industry. And yeah, of course. So of course, we're going to hire some of these people. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, good. you know part of the thing, but you're right. Like they might end up at another agency as well. And that's good for everyone. That's amazing. That's, that's such a great story. I, I love that you've kind of, you were willing to be really transparent because I think that's the bravery part of saying, hey, here's what we're trying to do. And, and it takes a lot of courage because even you look at Sephora, right? Sephora, even before, you know, mm-hmm. the awareness, they had included indigenous people in their campaigns. And then they went ahead and did a full-fledged Indigenous campaign where they had Indigenous writers and videographers mm-hmm. and editors. But then they got poked at because they missed, they missed Afro-Indigenous people in the commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like they checked all the boxes, they did everything they wanted to do. But I think we're living in such a hyper-acute time yeah. that, yeah, and if you're not perfect, it's hard. And so you were willing to put out your imperfections, which well, good for you. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I think, again, speaking very personally about yeah. this as a white man, you know, like for me, when all of this really first started, and I go back to last summer and we were having these all staff meetings. And of course we needed to talk about this as a company. I was terrified. Yeah. I was terrified because I was worried that I was going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I, one of the things I've learned and just from, again, my own coaching, as I've talked to, you know, people that I know and trust who are helping me as well, you know, lead the company or help lead the company through something like this is that I'm going to make mistakes. I am going to yeah. make mistakes. I'm not yeah. going to be perfect. 
Um, and so coming, me just coming to grips with that to say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I need, I'm, I'm going to go on my own educational journey. I'm personally, I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, Zulu probably will make mistakes as well, yeah. but you know what, if you know, our, our intent is, is there and it's okay if I am not perfect. Yeah. And so that was a bit of a, you know, personal learning that I had to get through. Yeah. And, and even the fact that you're willing to ask questions and learn is, is all that matters. Like I, I remember I've had so many awkward you know, people feeling awkward saying, Hey, I just want to ask about this. Like, do we use the term Aboriginal? Do we use the term indigenous? But I hear people using the word Indian. So is it still okay? Like, like having those hard yeah, conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got a, a U of A and our friend, Dan Levy, you know, yeah, you know, ex metro music VJ, right? Yeah. Um, known for some other stuff as well, but I, yeah, I, he'll yeah. always be our uh, MTV VJ talking about U of A's Indigenous yeah. education program, which is free, which Amazing. is incredible. So yeah. I think kudos to you, kudos to Zulu for stepping up and and willing to put yourself in a very vulnerable position, which I think is what I like about what you did, and I think that's what's so great about creatives. And I think that's where I, you mentioned it. Creatives can make social change happen. Yeah. And I think those that are truly creative are willing to put themselves in vulnerable spots. Well, so thank we're all, you. We're all creative if we allow ourselves to be, right? Like I, I'm not an art director. I'm not a designer. Or, uh, I'm not a trained writer, but I love ideas. I love ideas. I love creativity. And so I think that's, that's everyone really, right? Uh, we all have this ability to be creative. So yeah, so I think that's important. And I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. Um, health and wellness, also yep. a very big topic for agencies right now. What are you guys doing at Zulu? What are, you, what are you seeing or what are you trying right now? Which I love. I love that we can use the term. What are you trying to do right now? Because <laughs> none of us have figured it out. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Like it, this is another just really, really critical topic for us all to reconcile with right now, right? Like there's been times over the past, I've been exhausted and burnt yeah. out and it's been, it's been hard, right? Like, I think that there was maybe a time at the, again, at the beginning of the pandemic, or maybe I was trying a bit too hard to put on this like perfect energetic face. And then very quickly, I was like, nope, that's not going to work. I need to kind of put my true self out there and let people know how I'm doing. But I mean, as a company, yeah, like I think that, you know, what's happened with the pandemic. And again, this is not an advertising thing. This is a working from home thing where Mm -hmm. we've all went through that period where we're struggling to find boundaries and struggling yeah. to set boundaries and strike a balance so that we can take care of ourselves. Nobody wanted to take vacation for the longest time because we're yeah. all waiting for <laughs> the world to open up. So yeah. it's like, no, 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 I'm not taking vacation. I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to go to Mexico or the Caribbean at some point, but like that wasn't going to happen because the yeah. world was closed down. So some of the things that have been working for us, like we, years ago, we instituted a no email policy after 7 p.m. and before wow. 8 a.m. and That's so, like the country of France does that. Well, I mean, geez, yeah. France does a lot of things that are different from the way that we work in, it's in awesome, Canada and, and North America. It is. It's incredible. But for us, it was, you all have those colleagues that we work with that maybe get stuff off their plate in the evening. And mm-hmm. maybe there's no expectation of responding, yeah. of, of anybody responding, but still emails are still flooding into people's inboxes at yeah. whatever, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And it creates anxiety. Yeah. For people, right? And so what we said is that, look, we all have this setting on our emails that allows an email to be set to go out at a future time, to go out at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock the next morning. If you you do need to work in the evening, work in the evening, but just don't push in. Send it the next morning. And so we've had this policy for about three, three or four years now where we have no no emails after uh, 7 p.m. or before 8 a.m. And we monitor that very closely. We have our IT team like pulling like data on this daily and reporting weekly on the email activity in those hours so we can you know stay on top of it and so of course there's emergencies where people do need to contact each other if something you know we're in the service business and so if a client needs something from us we're not just going to say sorry we can't respond to you until 8 a.m so we're still all over that and we have processes and protocols for how to respond to people if you do need to get in touch with somebody but you know i think that's one thing that's made a big big difference and then we have this, uh, we have a health and wellness platform kind of on our internal website and there's a number yeah. of different resources and we do workshops, mental health, exercising, working from home, eating healthy. And so these are things that, you know, any given time throughout the agency, there's different yeah. things that we're doing to have conversations about it, to educate ourselves. And tr- again, just generally trying to create an open and safe environment where people can talk about it, put their hand up and say, Hey, look, I'm really struggling with something right now yeah. and I need a bit of a break. And 
I think it's our job to do our best to try and support people and give them the time and space that we need. But having said all of that, the, the challenging thing is that with all of that, there still needs to be accountability. We're still yeah. running a business. And so we're accountable to our clients to deliver things. And so striking that balance between, look, we need to look after people. But at the same time, we're still in a very ambitious company with, yeah. with big goals and yeah. ambitions for the, the type of work that we want to do and the impact that we want to have on our clients' business. So it's a never-ending conversation in terms of how to strike a balance between these two. Okay. No, it's incredible. Incredible. Um, Mike, how do you feel about doing a little rapid-fire round? Oh, boy. Uh, I, I don't know right. if this is... I'm not prepared for this, but let's see. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm getting just settled. First thing that comes in. First thing that comes to your brain. Okay. Okay. What was your first job? Working at a golf course, picking up range balls and cleaning golf clubs. Amazing. Uh, Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Cat or dog person? Dog person. What was the first thing that you ever marketed? A school play. Nice. Dark or milk chocolate? Dark. Favorite word right now? Oh boy. I have to say creativity. Nice. Last charity you supported, uh, whether financially or with your volunteer time, and why? Sick kids. They knock on my door a lot. Yeah. And I have a friend and a former colleague that yeah. uh, that works there. Amazing. Uh, what's a movie that you love that you could watch over and over and over again? Oh, there's lots. I think that the 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 series of movies that I love is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've cool. watched that so many times over and over yeah. again, and I never get tired of it or the books. Extended version. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, favorite song or album on repeat right now? I cannot stop listening to Steely Dan. Yeah. Nice. And every, anything and everything. Uh, musical genius. Yeah. That's amazing. If you weren't doing the job you're doing right now, what would you be doing in an alternate universe? Well, I don't know how alternate it is. I, you know, I'm starting my journey to pursue a executive coaching designation. And amazing. so... I think it's a teacher, like a, yeah. a teacher, a coach, you know, and so that's, that would be my other, my other gig. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, app on your phone. You can't live without Spotify. Nice. Favorite children's book. Oh boy. Favorite children's book. I, I'd have to say like, I mean, it's, I guess older children, but it would be the Hobbit. It's the first book yeah. I read, uh, yeah. cover to cover as a, probably an eight, eight or nine year old. That's awesome. Best thing you ever bought for under $10? Mm, a golf ball. Nice. What's the most important thing you've ever changed your mind about? Oh, wow. That is, is a great question. Come back to that one. Yeah. Business or marketing book that you'd recommend? There's a book that I've just started right now called Who Not How. Okay. Author is Dan Sullivan. And I'm just into it, but yeah. I've heard it's brilliant. Nice. Podcast that you'd recommend besides this one? Meditation. Nice. Brilliant. And do you listen to your podcast on Spotify, by the way? I do. Yeah. Newsletter or website that you recommend for resources, inspiration? Inspiration and news. I mean, I, I'm Axiom yeah. is a big one for me right now in terms of, you know, it's a just really good factual news source. Nice. And skills required for a new economy, this new collar type of work that you are hiring for your agency? Speed, tenacity, belief, collaboration. Amazing. So great. And what is the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? Okay, you've come back to me. I thought I was going to dodge that one. <laughs> what have I changed my mind about? Most important thing I've ever changed my mind about? You know what? I mean, if I go back to the career journey thing, as I'm answering these questions, I'm trying to like, what's going to be useful to people who are listening? Yeah, yeah. You know what? There was a time in my career where I, like, I, you know, questioned my own sort of leadership capabilities, right? In terms of, oh, could I, can I do this, right? And so I changed my mind about that. And there was a, there was a time for me where you know I was being promoted into a role, and I was I was worried that I wasn't you know, as fit for the role as maybe some other people that were going to now be reporting into me. And some of those people that I thought might have been, I guess, maybe detractors for me ended up being some of my biggest supporters. And so I changed my mind about that because I put aside my own fear and just kind of stepped into it. Nice. And, and Mike, how many Zooligans were there when you started at, at Zulu? 20, 20 something, 20, 20, 
325. Okay. Have you ever sat down and said, okay, the different number of staff, this was the vibe or this was the type of agency we had? Like, have you ever categorized? Like when you meet another agency owner and those that are listening, like an agency that's five, maybe Mm -hmm. compared to 15, compared to say like 25 up to what what, is there is would you say that there are chunks like especially being a coach like if you were to coach someone who said Mm -hmm. hey i'm i have an agency of 20 and i want to stay 20 what should i do or if i'm at 20 i want to go to 35 like where where is what what do you what are you seeing or is it just like it's different for everyone i don't know if it's different like i mean i think there are some truths like i mean it starts with really knowing who you are as a company? What do you stand for? Like, really, what are your values? What are your beliefs as a company? And, you know, again, big credit to Zach, because before he opened the doors at Zulu, he had figured a lot of that out and spent a lot of time sweating those details. Mm -hmm. And so our own identity was very clear from the beginning. So I think that's one key piece of it. In terms of the stages, absolutely, there's different stages. Like for us, the size of like 45 to 90 yeah. was this mid-sized thing yeah. that was very, very hard because you're not small anymore. Yep. You're not big yet and you're something in between. So there, your resources are all over the place. And it was kind of like, uh, I described that as our adolescent years. Yeah, like pubescent. So, yes. And so those were challenging years for us. But then ever since we got past like, I don't, I don't know, around 90, yeah. I think things have been great. And it's just been so much more stable. And, you know, we still have massive ambitions, but operationally, it's just been so much better. So, but you don't have to, there's big agencies yeah. that are terrible and there's small yeah. agencies that are terrible. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the first thing to dis- to describe or to, to define is how, is, what do you want to be and who, yeah. and you know, and what do you want to stand for as a company? A 15, 20 person agency is, can be amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. We, we actually bought our, actually, I don't know, six months before COVID hit, we bought a space and just said, we're going to be a 21 person shop max. Awesome. And we chose that intentionally and we confirmed it with a, a physical space. Yeah. And I watched friends awkwardly go. And for them, it was once they cracked over 35, he said from 35 to 50, they said it was, it was just awkward land. Like he said, yeah, he was in yeah. like, like in this, I don't know, DMZ zone. I don't know. He was yeah. describing it as just like the most awkward period as an agency. Cause he got under 35, but he knew he needed to get a point where it could actually be profitable and be healthy. And he just kept going up and down, up and down. It was a trampoline for him during that period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, if you were to talk to, I mean, I remember talking to Zach about founding the agency, his dream at the beginning was a 15 person shop. Oh, wow. That was the wow. dream at the time. And then immediately, like Bell Canada was our first client yeah. out, of, out of the gates. And so immediately you're like 20, 15, 20 people. And so that's what he thought. So it's okay to change your mind yeah. as well. So yeah. for you at 21, that's, yeah. that's a great thing to focus on right now. Yeah. But who knows, if, if we were to have a conversation in three years or five years, you might feel differently. And that's okay. I, I hope not. I hope not. I hope well, I like, because I think, because I've tied it into our beliefs and our core value. Like I've kind of been like, <laughs> we're going to stay the size. But again, it's one of those like, I, and I think too, because, but maybe it's not because I always thought big likes big, but you are breaking that mold where Bell, who's big, chose a small agency, yeah. which is pretty cool. There's something that there must be something special about Zach when at the time when absolutely and probably still that that attracts people to him. That's a agency. whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so. I know you can't name your favorite child. I, if someone asked me, I can't name who my favorite child is, but maybe tell me about one of your children that mm. has done some really cool art lately or a cool project that's coming down the pipe that we should all be looking out for as peers and as fellow marketers. So I'm going to tell you about something that just launched yesterday. And so it's for a US client and it's a craft brewery in Brooklyn, New York called Single Cut. Nice. And so their brand and company story a single cut is the is all the guitar neck that's one single cut of wood and so the brand their taps if you if you go into a, a pub that carries their products all of their beer taps are guitar necks right and so that all of the, awesome. and their beers many of their beers are yeah. named after famous guitarists there's the jimmy yeah. right for yeah. jimmy hendrix and etc and so anyway we've uh, just launched this new product and it's called single cut notes and essentially what it is, it's a series of four beer cans and types, uh, and it teaches you how to play guitar. That is so amazing. That is amazing. on the can yeah. has four, the, each can has a chord of music, yeah. Yeah. right? And it shows the finger position yeah. on the guitar neck for all each of these four chords, and there's four beers. 
And so essentially what comes along with it is an AR lens that we created on Snap that, that can it. show you the guitar positions and you can yeah. create music using these four notes. And Isn't Snap four- amazing what you can do? Yes, like- it's incredible. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah. It's really, really fantastic. And so single cut notes, anyway, there's a, there's a, there are beautiful can designs. There's a beautiful tube where you put all four of the beers into what? this tube. What? Um, and it's uh, like designed like a guitar. What? Where do you get this? T- is this only in America? Like, yeah, if it's, I'm- in, it's in the U.S. And so, man, we've, we've why do sent- Americans get the coolest stuff, man? Yeah, what's well, with that? I mean, you know what? So this this is this, I mean, just happens to be one of our U.S. clients yeah, that we've yes. done this for. But yeah. I'm really excited about that, and so I'll drop that link to you so you can check it Please. out. It's it's you know, getting picked up by all the industry publications, yeah. and I think Forbes and Fast Company are about yeah. to write about it as well. It's really really cool. So that's one maybe to feature because it's brand new and it just launched. Mike, that's amazing. Thank you for for sharing so much wisdom, ideas, uh, and maybe was it five, 10 years down the road, one day uh, people may come to you to get coached, which I think is pretty cool. I love that you are working on something on the side to continue to add value and to help people because it sounds like you're really someone that knows how to help facilitate people to work at their best and their maximum capacity. So that's yeah, awesome. that, that's important to me. That's awesome. Thank you again. Check out the notes. Lots of great things talked about from the spec video to this latest campaign to we'll put a link to sick kids as well. Thanks again. I'm sure we'll have you on again one day and maybe we'll have you with Zach. That could be a cool collab show, the two of you. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that'd be and fun. we could awkwardly talk about why he attracts brands to himself in early days and what does it look like today? That'd be a neat episode. Awesome. And well, congrats to you on the success of this podcast as well. And so all the hard work that you've put into it. And so it's great to be part of it. And yeah, good luck to you. I I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Just, you know, uh, heads up, episode 250 will be actually be Ivan who runs Spotify Canada. So we're we're celebrating with Ivan on our 250th episode as most of our listeners these days have uh, kind of merged from Apple. I don't know where you're listening right now to Spotify. It's a very popular podcast platform. So very exciting. So thanks everyone for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.